0: Just because our parents are getting older doesn't mean they don't have lots to do. They might just need a little help. At Care.com, you'll find people who can take them to appointments and events, help pick up groceries and cook great meals. Whatever it is they like to do, the right caregiver can help. And since everyone at Care.com is background checked, you can be confident that you're getting support from someone you can trust. Find qualified local senior caregivers for your parents at Care.com. At Emblem Health, we go beyond coverage to help New York get and stay healthy. That's why we're hosting the Healthier Futures Wellness Expo in Brownsville on Saturday, October 8th. A free expo that's devoted to getting you the screenings and resources you need to feel your best. Join us on Rockaway Avenue between East New York and Pitkin Avenue on October 8th from 11 to 4 for live music, entertainment for kids, and health screenings you need to keep grooving. Visit EmblemHealth.com slash HealthExpo for more info. And remember... At Emblem Health, we don't only mean coverage, we mean help.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and 24 7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him, you love him, as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24 7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, a little lesson from Vic Fangio, and hopefully this was something not lost on the rest of the guys. If you are a fringe player, if you're a bubble guy and you don't show up to voluntary minicamp, consider yourself dismissed.
0: Yeah, uh, Craig Mager, uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the corner who they picked up in January. He was cut today because he had a personal issue. He was with them, Chad, for the start of the, the program, but he, had a, he was absent this week. And like you said, he doesn't play around Vic Fangio. There's no death by inches. That would have slid last year with Vance Joseph, not so with Dick Fangio. I yeah. love it.
2: Yeah, Vance would have stood up. And because he's a, you know, he's a, in his own way, I'll give him his credit that he is in his own way, a leader of men, but it's just not a way that's conducive to winning football games. You know, there's no authority. There's no discipline. And last year Vance would have stood up on this day and one of the media would have said, Hey, uh, where's Craig Mager? And he would have said, you know, Craig's dealing with a personal issue. We're here to support him. He's going to be back, you know, in the saddle and no time flat. And then, move on as business, but it's a microcosm. It's a symptom. It's a small thing that leads to, as Vic Fangio talked about in his introductory press conference, an avalanche of problems, right? A small thing. You let it slip the first time. Then it gets, it slides the second time. Pretty soon you've created an avalanche of problems, and what Vic Fangio is communicating here in no uncertain terms, Zach, is, look, unless you're a four-time (laughs) All-Pro, unless you're Chris Harris or Von Miller, (laughs) your ass better be at Minicamp or else. You know, Chad, that was a pretty
0: spot-on VJ impression. You gave me some PTSD there, so I'm going to have to uh, try to forget that. <laughs> but, you know, especially with the Broncos' cornerback situation being as it was, uh, with Yottam and Callahan coming off surgery, Harris sitting out, uh, Devontae Bosby being the top corner, Megar not being there, that was a blown opportunity for him. So I'm fully with the Broncos moving on, and it sends a message. It's that death by inches. It's repaving over the walls in Dove Valley and getting that stink out left behind by last year.
2: I mean, honestly, unless you're like it's the birth of your child or a death in your family. There no, there should be no reason why you miss something like this. So, or you want a new contract? Especially if you're I mean, if you're a bubble player, I mean, and you're you're signed like a futures guy in January. I mean, I'm sorry, but the vast majority of NFL head coaches, they're just not going to let that slide. So, credit and kudos to to Vic Fangio because sometimes you just got to send a message. And even though the Broncos need veteran ability at the position and Craig Mager is a veteran, you know, he's not upper echelon by any stretch. He's not even average by any stretch, but he does have experience playing in the league and the Broncos are lacking that right now with the walking wounded and Chris Harris's holdout, but you got to send a message. So kudos to him. Now we do have a lot to get to today. Of course, it's the VIP mailbag. We're going to dive in and answer your questions, but first, we got to remind you, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at huddle up pod. Easy to do. Open up the app, find twitter.com on the browser, find at huddle up pod, click the follow button. We tell you each and every episode, it is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the huddle up podcast in real time. And you guys have done a great job migrating over there and, and following the account. It's well over a thousand now, which is good to see, but let's keep growing that bad boy. And then also, Don't forget, you got to leave your creative review and give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Our goal remains, we want to get to 200 ratings in time for the draft. We are currently sitting, I'm looking at it right now, at 146 ratings as of six o'clock Mountain Time, Thursday evening. So it might sound like 54 ratings is a lot, but you guys, we have well over, well over 4,000 daily listeners of this show. So... The vast majority of you, we look at the analytics. You're listening on iTunes, the vast majority of you. So just take some time, get that done. You guys have no idea how much that helps Zach and I grow and reach new listeners and compete in the realm of football and Broncos podcasts on iTunes.
1: Of a winner.
2: All right, Zach. So it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High mailbag because, as always, Zach and I pride ourselves on being your football priests here each and every week to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. For those of you who are not VIP subscribers of MileHighHuddle.com 24 7 Sports, here's your call to action go to the website. Easy to do. Look for the green banner. Subscribe. You can go monthly, you can go annual. Pick your, your plan, basically, create your account, then you're locked in. Not only are you going to get access to the mailbag on Friday, we answer each and every question we get, bar none. Not only do you get access to the show for the VIP mailbag Friday, Zach and I will answer your questions, you get access to 100% of the content we publish on the front page, which includes our Broncos film breakdowns, our in-depth scouting reports, all of our long-form content, deep dive analysis on your team, the Denver Broncos, the NFL Draft. You get access to each and every piece. Nothing is blocked for you. You get access to all of it. So take some time, get that done. Another great way to organically support not only the podcast, but what Zach and I do, bringing you content like crazy on a daily basis, covering your team. Nobody in the Broncos blogosphere or print can, can keep up with this. That's a fact. Okay? And, and it's because of the support of our VIP subscribers and our great members that we're able to bring that to you. So, let's take a peek here. The first question in today's mailbag. Zach, it comes from Impact89 going on three months as a VIP subscriber. Impact89 says, Do you think there is a Tom Brady-like quarterback, a sixth-rounder, for example, that is being overlooked in this draft? Also... I've done a few mock drafts, and I've taken Jonathan Abram in the second round in most of them. Do you think that's a direction we could go with that pick? Have a great Easter, you guys. Hey, have a great Easter to you and all of our listeners this weekend. Um, Zach, it's interesting he brings up John uh, Abram. It's easy to say Abrams or Abraham, but it's Jonathan Abram. And he's a safety, very similar to T.J. Ward actually, from Mississippi State. Now, for those of you who pay close attention to the Finding Broncos series that Eric Trickle is the brainchild of, he published a scouting report breakdown on Abram last week, which was great. Very much a similar player as TJ Ward, scrappy, physical, can run with tight ends. Not the tallest and longest safety. He is very much a strong safety built for the box. I would not be opposed. I'm seeing him mock Zach in the late first round, early second, You know, depending on what the Broncos did at pick ten, I would not be opposed to Jonathan Abram ending up in Denver with pick forty-one. But also there's the question about the Tom Brady-like quarterback in this class.
0: Yeah, I I would be okay with Abram or a safety in round two. And Chad in our mock yet you know our war room mock, we got Amani Hooker in in round three. So obviously there's a need there, and with Kareem Jackson being deployed a quarter in safety with Chris Harris Jr. holding out, that secondary can always use reinforcement. I, I would not It's not my first choice to go safety in round two. I would wait a little more before I would take a safety, but uh, Abram was one of the best in the class. I'd have no problem with him. He would fit this scheme in Fangio, and he would uh, would probably thrive. In terms of the quarterback, though, not too many super late rounders like that. There's either the top guys or the mid-tier guys. One guy, though, is Tyree Jackson, I feel like. The strongest arm in the class. He can do things that no other quarterback in this class can do. He just needs a lot of coaching, a lot of seasoning. If the Broncos and Scangarello can get that out of him, they might have something there. But, Chad, I know you're, you know, you know—you like Dungy. Uh, we're both fans of Brett Rippian. Uh, Ryan Finley. Those are mid-tier quarterbacks out there, but no one, I think, is going to come like a Brady, a Hall of Famer in the sixth or seventh round.
2: Not in this class. I mean, Brady's the exception that proves the rule. You know? I mean, they just – he's a once in a – half century type of player in terms of not only being an all-time quarterback but being an all-time quarterback procured in the sixth round of an NFL draft you just it's just not it's probably never going to happen again to be frank and if it does we'll probably be old men chilling on the couch you know with our comforters and our Werther's originals when that happens (laughs) but to your general point your larger point of just that gem mid to late round gem I concur I mean if you're looking at someone with the most upside, it's definitely Tyree Jackson. I mean, he's very similar in build, a couple inches taller than Cam, at least one inch taller than Cam Newton, but he's got an even stronger arm, but he's a heck of a lot more raw. So whatever team takes on him as a project, he's definitely worth a draft pick, but he's a project, make no mistake, and he's going to take two or three years at the soonest to develop into any kind of a polished product that, that a team can go out and get get something out of on the field so he's interesting but I'm a big fan of Tony Dungy and talking to Eric it's sounding like Eric Dungy's not even going to get drafted so you know if you're looking for that upside I like Eric Dungy I would probably take more of a be willing to take more of a chance on Dungy than Jackson just because of he is a more polished passer he's kind of a Tim Tebow light in terms of his mobility and and physical nose with with the ball in his hand in terms of not shying away from contact, picking up the extra yards. He's surprisingly explosive with the ball in his hands as a runner, and he's got some some zing to his arm. There's some arm strength. There's some arm talent, but he's very much in the rough. The team, similarly to Jackson, would need to really develop Dungy. And the Broncos, depending on what they choose to do, Zach, at pick 10, they could take their time with a developmental quarterback like a Dungy, like a Jackson, and and see what comes out in the wash two or three years down the road. But it is interesting getting back to Abram and the idea of taking a safety in the second round. Obviously, the the safe, the strong safety position, in Vic Fangio's mind, he talked about it Thursday, still very much an unresolved situation. They had Kareem Jackson play all of his snaps in minicamp practice at the strong safety position next to Simmons, which, as you mentioned earlier, is why Devontae Bosby devolved to cornerback one. So Kareem Jackson, you know... Obviously, the Broncos have designs on him playing safety. There's no getting around that. How much Vic Fangio, I think he was honest when he said, we don't know yet how that's going to shake out. I think the, the other takeaway from that, Zach, is safety is very much on the table in the premium rounds, I think, for the Broncos because Fangio's not sold on Will Parks, Sua Cravens, and any of the guys behind him.
0: Yeah, we talked about this. I mean, he obviously has a higher view of Will Parks than I think most fans do. But personally, I don't think he's a starting caliber player. He's a nice backup to have. And I would not, I would float Jackson between the positions. I wouldn't put him at safety full time chat. That's just my preference. I would rather draft a traditional natural safety and just stock the cupboard there and not have to worry about uh, moving players around. So I'm, I'm, I would not. Despise it. I would not love it. I'd be okay with Abram in the second round if he's still there, Chad. Like you mentioned, he can definitely float into
2: day one. Yeah. All right. So our next question comes from Bronco fan55555. He's a moderator on our VIP and free message boards on the website. Helps me out tremendously in terms of just. Being a presence on the boards, making sure there's no not spammers, keeping the conversations going, making sure people aren't insulting each other. He's a great member of the site and a huge help. So I appreciate your fives. But uh, he says, I know the outcome of the draft will play a huge factor in this in the answer to this question, but what remaining free agents, Zach, should the Broncos target after the draft? What ones would you like them to see acquire or would you like to see them acquire? If Locke and Devin White are not there at ten or any blue chipper the Broncos want and the Broncos covet Devin Bush, is he worth pick 10 or should they trade back and risk losing him but try to pick him up as well as another pick if they trade back targeting Bush? How far back would be safe if they were still likely to get him? So let's start with the first one. I mean, as far as free agents, Zach, I mean, I'm looking here, I'll serve this over to you, but let me give you something to work with. As far as available free agents here, let me pull it up on Spot Track. I mean, we're talking bare bones, Surprisingly, Ezekiel Ansah is still out there. Ndamukong sue Eric Berry, Jamie Collins. Those are the high-dollar guys, even Timmy Jernigan. But let's just look at it from a roster hole perspective and then maybe connect the dots. What are maybe, if you could, in an ideal situation, fill a one or two more roster holes with free agent dollars, where would you spend a few bucks?
0: I'd probably pick up a, an offensive lineman, a guard or a center or a tackle, just to get them some depth somewhere. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. This all depends, though, Chad, on what they do in the draft, though. It's kind of hard as hell now. I mean, they're probably going to fill most of their holes, and they they shouldn't have too many left. But right now, uh, depending on who's out there, there's not much. I would look for an offensive lineman for sure.
2: From an offensive line perspective, there's not a lot out there. TJ Lang just retired. You got Andy Levitre still out there. Max Unger's out there. Heck, even uh, our friend, the big six foot eight Jared Velder, is still out there. Off ball linebacker, a guy that I still have some interest in, in uh, Zach. Brown is still out there. I'm Mm. interested in Jamie Collins, but not at what he would cost to bring to Denver. So, you know, he's more of an off-ball guy, but he can also play edge. He's interesting, but I think the Broncos at this point, Zach, have bigger fish to fry, and that is the draft. So let's focus on the second half of his question there, the whole Devin Bush conversation. Neither one of us are completely comfortable with Denver taking Bush at pick 10. In an ideal situation, if you're going to target Bush in round one and you're the Broncos, you are going to trade back but how far back could you trade back and still not only get Bush with the right value, but not miss out on getting him?
0: I would say no more than three to five draft picks. He's going to go fairly high in this draft, fairly high in in the teens. And if the Broncos want him, uh, they can't mess around and go too far back. But in that situation, if they trade back anyway, maybe they target alignment. Maybe they target another player. I mean, you don't know for sure they want Devin Bush. And, one thing that leads me to believe that, though, you brought up Zach Brown, Chad, a player that I loved in Washington that I wanted the Broncos to target. The fact that they've shown no interest in an inside linebacker while letting Brandon Marshall go suggests to me they want to take one in the draft. Now, we all want Devin White. That might not happen. But Bush, he'd be a nice consolation prize. As you just said, 10 is a little too rich for my blood, though, but I would not move back past, say, 14 or 15 uh, to uh, you know ensure myself that I end up with him.
2: Yeah. And just to be a little bit more optimistic, I would say that if you want to hedge and give yourself the best opportunity to get value and still get Devin Bush, he's probably going in the top 20. So do the math there. And, uh, you know, that's probably what it would take. Now, we still have a few questions to get to in today's mailbag. First, we do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, so the next question here comes from Burke2105. He's going on one month still. He's within his first month as being a VIP subscriber, so welcome to the manger, Burke. Appreciate you. Glad you joined. His question is, any thoughts on Brendan Langley being in Denver's plans as the burner receiver they're looking for? I know there's more to being a wide receiver than just running really fast, but I found it interesting that Rich Scangarello mentioned Langley that he's looked impressive, and you can't, quote, teach speed. I noticed that a few beat writers have said Langley has looked good, too. So there's something to that. I think both of us, Zach, are pretty much at a point where we'll kind of believe it when we see it with regard to Brandon right. Langley. But clearly, to to Burke's point, Scangarello, and, and in fairness, Scangarello was asked about Langley. He wasn't just talking about Langley, so he was answering a direct question about the player. And he did say you can't teach speed. The Broncos need the burner. Absolutely, there's a chance Brendan Langley could fill that role and fill that need. But how's his route tree? How are his hands? How's his ability to process and assimilate the system? There's so many moving parts and variables that it's just going to take time for it all to come out in the wash
0: plus what else is Scangarello going to say no he's not he's not look good no he's not fast i mean it's voluntary april mini camp right now everyone looks good it's all sunshine and rainbows we'll know how the broncos really feel about him though after the draft if they take a burner receiver fairly early, they know that he's not going to be long for this roster. I don't think his roster odds are that high to begin with. You need more than just to run really fast. Ask Al Davis that and the Oakland Raiders. Um, I just think you know doing one thing is nice, but like you said, the route tree and being a more complete receiver. For Vic Fangio on this offense with Joe Flacco, I just don't see uh, Langley sticking around uh, as a full-time receiver.
2: Absolutely. Next question here comes... From Chris21, going on three months as a VIP subscriber. I am not familiar. This is only Chris's second post on the forum. So Chris, also relatively new. Keep the questions coming. Keep the engagement coming. We want to hear from you. We want to see you be a part of the conversation on the forums. So please keep it coming. Did I see the Broncos add another cornerback, Trey Johnson? How does this affect the Chris Harris Jr. saga, Zach? They needed just a warm body, Chad. I mean, we
0: mentioned it earlier with Chris Harris Jr. holding out and and Yadam and Callahan coming off surgery and Jackson working at safety. The Broncos literally were without all of their cornerbacks for this practice. They just needed a guy. He's not going to make the final roster. He might not even survive training camp. He's literally just a camp body. This has no effect on the Chris Harris Jr. situation. This is just the Broncos needing bodies at this point for OTAs next month.
2: So Johnson came in, I think, on a tryout. And as you said, you know, they need bodies. Here's what Vic Fangio said specifically, quote, on Thursday, quote, we had a lot of guys there. We had Devontae Bosby and all the guys from last year. They got great work. We had some tryout guys in here in Quentin Rollins and Trey Johnson. And I think all the guys got great work. It's a little tougher in this setting here. You're not allowed to press. And we don't want the corners to bang up the receivers too much. But they all got great work. So, I mean, I don't think it has too many overarching implications with regard to the Chris Harris Jr. saga, but it does at least speak to the, uh, to the trope that the Broncos need bodies. They're lacking bodies at the cornerback position. So the more the merrier at this point. If something sticks, great. At this point, though, they just need to operate the, the actual practices and have corners to line up and, and play the system and cover the receivers so that there's actual practice to be had. Next question, Zach here. And by the way, Chris. Thanks for the question. Also, Burke, keep them coming, you guys. I know you're relatively new to to the club here, but keep those questions coming. We want to see you engaged in conversation on the forums and in our comment section. Next one here is that comes from Studley14, going on four months. He's great in the VIP mailbags, very consistent each and every week. Studley says, I've got two for you this week. First, we had the failed Marquette King experiment last season. Colby Wadman played okay but not great. Are there any punters worth drafting as flyers in the seventh round? Second, just a theoretical question for fun. If you could have one former Bronco in his prime for next year's team, other than Elway or Peyton Manning, who would it be? Thanks for all you guys do. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Studley. Um, Zach, I'll serve this over to you, but you saw in our mock draft yesterday, the war room, there's going to be so much ridiculous value to be had in the seventh round, even in this draft, wasting a pick on a punter who at best might improve your net punting by one or two yards, maybe, in the stat department, I don't think it's worth it.
0: Yeah, calling me crazy, though, I actually was impressed by how Wobbin came on last year. I thought he held his own pretty well. Yeah, late uh, late in the year. Late in the year, yeah, he was a little more consistent. So I thought he showed improvement. And even Tom McMahon said today he's going to be a great punter. So the Broncos' confidence in Wadman is a little more consistent than people think. I'm with you, though. I wouldn't waste a pick on a punter, get him in the eighth round as an undrafted
2: free agent, and use those uh those premium draft picks to fill other needs. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be some competition there, but Wadman is very much a McMahon guy. Yep. And the Marquette King was an Elway thing, and the Wadman addition as competition, when things started going sideways for King, that was very much a Tom McMahon thing. So I think Wadman's going to be pretty well protected by McMahon. It would take a quite polished and effective punter to come in and take that job from him. Now, the second thing here, a theoretical question as far as picking one former Bronco in his prime for next year's team. Uh, I'd have to ruminate on that probably for a minute, but just for the sake of conversation, as someone who's followed the team for 30-plus years, I'd say that you know I'd love to see one of my favorite players still to this day, Steve Atwater. And I'd be curious to see how his style of play would translate to the modern game. I'm personally of the opinion that he would be just fine. It's hurt his chances in the Hall of Fame that, you know, the safety position just hasn't, literally, like the last couple years, a couple guys have gotten in. But up until the last few years, the safety position has been one of those that just has gotten no love. True safeties in the Hall of Fame. But Steve Atwater in today's game where he could play some coverage as a a safety but also drop into the box and be a dimebacker, man, he could wreck some shop.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to take it uh, a little more traditional with my route, go for a Hall of Famer and say Shannon Sharp. I think with the Broncos tight end void and and having Sharp in his prime, a Hall of Famer with Joe Flacco, it would just be incredible and insane. My first gut was to say a quarterback, and obviously that's not possible with Elway or Manning, but um, the offensive production alone and what you provide and and the scoring and and the swagger that Shannon Sharp would bring, I just would love to see it again. This is a fun question to answer, though. I definitely want to think about this more.
2: Yeah, and that's a great answer. Answer. I mean, it's a need. Broncos need help at tight end, and Shannon Sharp was one of the top three all time to ever lace him up. So, that would be a phenomenal solution to the to that theoretical question. Thanks, Studley. Last one here, and then we're going to get out of here. From Newsom thirty-seven, going on eighteen months, a VIP subscriber, longtime supporter of the site, and says, kind of weird question, but do teams consider future contracts with draft picks? So. Vaughn and Chubb will eventually both need new deals. Would they take that into consideration if they take a pass rusher in the first? Just something I was curious about. You bet your bottom dollar, those type of things. Um, And that was something that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it common knowledge, but it was something for me that was driven home when I read that book. And you guys have heard me talk about it on the podcast multiple times. But when I read that book on, on the Patriots called War Room, that basically detailed the whole team building aspect of New England's initial kind of dynasty and how they develop their scouting system and their ideal players and all that. I mean, it hammered home the fact that one enormous factor that teams put into the equation during the draft is, is this player someone who can replace a soon-to-be or possibly departing player within the you know their rookie contracts, basically? And so that contract aspect of that factors in. So as an example, last year, I guarantee you Part of the conversation when they pulled the trigger on Isaac Yadam was, hey, look, we don't know how the future is going to unfold with Bradley Roby. And in, if he doesn't hit it out of the park in a contract year on his fifth, fifth year option, we're going to need somebody to step in and fill that void etc. You know
0: contracts are always considered everything's considered in the NFL. It's it's a, a money business, a bottom line business. I will say though when Chubb was on the board last year, I really didn't think they would be thinking about too much about his contract knowing that they they thought no idea he'd follow them, put him next to Von Miller. They will consider everything, but they're not going to go past Rusher in the first. So we don't have to worry about that anyway. Um it's with Elway who's so shrewd as a negotiator, Chad. Anyway, more so than most teams, the Broncos consider the money factor, and that's why with Chris Harris Jr., I think they're waiting till after the draft just to see what might happen, just to see if a, a corner falls to them in the first or second round, just to see if uh, maybe they can trade them. It's always about money, and the Broncos especially, so it's a great question, and um, it's definitely something worth considering when you think about who the Broncos want to add.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. It factors in. So, you know what? We got to cut this one a little bit short today. I apologize. Just some things going on. This has been just a crazy week for me with so much going on with the Broncos, a bunch of different things going on with my family and personal life. I've been really busy, so I apologize. We'll make it up to you, though, on Monday's episode. We are going to return to break down in-depth the Denver Broncos schedule, which of course was released on Wednesday. We talked a little bit about it on Thursday's show and kind of, you know, right before we we dove into the mock draft. But Zach and I are letting our hair down, give you some real deep dive analysis on the schedule on this next episode and we'll go long. We won't be worried about the clock. So, but that'll do it for today's episode. We wrap up another great week of podcasting and covering the Denver Broncos. Make sure you're following the show. You guys on Twitter again at huddle up pod. You can find Zach on Twitter at Kelberman, 24 seven myself at Chad and Jensen. Don't forget to leave your creative review and rate the show and on iTunes, especially building the Broncos. We'll be back on Saturday tomorrow for a fresh episode for you guys. So stay tuned for that in the meantime. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.